0: I just a song so you can sing along with my special guest star, two For two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Beam song, yeah. Spoiler. 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 everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host John, and with me today is a very special guest who i almost started crying when i saw her face on zoom it's shady everyone
1: john i'm gonna cry i'm gonna cry right now
0: i mean rr was the last time i saw your glorious face so i can't
1: believe this is happening
0: but we're back we're doing it we're here to talk about it which we which before we recorded we had a whole thing about movies and now we're gonna <laughs> But we're here to talk about the one movie that shady picked which is annette it came mm-hmm. out in 2021 uh the screenplay is by ron meal meal i'm gonna go with it meal mail mail i don't
1: know the ron, sparks brothers
0: ron meal M- and russell meal who is from the band The Sparks or Sparks, not The Sparks. Yeah. just Sparks. Um, and music and lyrics are by Ron and Russell Meal and Leo, Leo's Carracks, a uh, French guy. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Leo's Carracks. I'm so American right now. It's so bad. It's,
1: it's fine because I'm pretty sure it's a, like a pen name or a, a nom de plume anyway. I don't think Leo's Carracks or however you would pronounce it, is his real name.
0: Interesting. I mean, he has a bunch of other movies, obviously. Yes,
1: which, have you seen any of his other movies?
0: No, I think this is my first one.
1: The only other one I've seen before is Holy Motors. Um, I do want to watch a bunch of his other movies, though. I think this is his first English language
0: movie. It is! Fantastic.
1: Fantastic. Uh um, yeah, as as far as i know all of his other movies are francophonic. Frank.
0: Yes. And according to IMDb, a stand-up comedian and his opera singer wife have a 2-year-old daughter with a surprising ge- She's 2? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was so confused with time. Oh, also, I would like to say, shady, this is the first yes. time i watched this movie. I watched it this morning right before this recording. <laughs>
1: Amazing. I've seen it twice before and I rewatched it for this podcast. Um, but they were both more than a year ago, I think, because I watched it when it first premiered on Prime and then a few months later.
0: I mean, I've definitely heard of this movie. I yeah. I always pass by it on Prime because I'm just like, I'm not ready for you yet. And like,
1: <laughs> yeah. And like
0: today, I was like, fuck, we have to do this. And also, and like, like,
1: given your interests in. It- it makes sense that it keeps popping up as a suggestion for you.
0: Yes. But, like, I mean, it was also on my radar. Like, I think I, I, I wanted to see this movie. But, like, mm. I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. Because, like, even today I was telling telling people, like, oh, you know, I'm watching a nap, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what's that?
1: Mm. What? Yeah. I don't want to say it's, like, an obscure movie. Um, because that that makes it sound pretentious. Um <laughs> But it's, like, kind of one of those that, like, if you're not plugged into, like, the film festivals and everything, and you're on top of that American, or at least not European. Right. Um, it's probably going to fly under your radar.
0: But, Shady, I read on IMDb, and this is going <laughs> to be fun, uh, this movie also went to Cannes. So this is your second movie on this podcast that went to Cannes. Oh, do you forget the other one i am what it
1: was it wasn't rrr was it
0: miami connection
1: oh miami connection went to
0: it didn't (laughs) really go to we we, as we discovered it was not unofficial selection selection. it was there Around the time of the festival, <laughs> how can I forget? I have a feeling R also did go to con, so maybe this is your third time. But like, I was I like, mean, oh, me, another con know, movie.
1: Is it a I don't. RR might not have been a con movie either. That's just like I'm like trying to go through. I'm like, it wasn't Slumber Party Massacre too. What else did I Swiss do? Swiss Army Man? Podcast?
0: Did that go to con?
1: <laughs> no, I think that was more. That's more of a Sundance type.
0: Got it. Well, <laughs> watching this though, it definitely had that vibe and also like A24 oh, vibes.
1: Yeah. Level. It's very, very French, despite yeah. being an English language movie.
0: Yeah. I did write that question down. I was like, did we watch a French film?
1: <laughs> it, it sure, I mean, yeah, it's a French film. I think, like, I think if you look up like all the like financiers behind it and everything, it's, primarily a french production.
0: Well, also reading on IMDb that um uh where is it? I want to si- uh Simon Helberg who plays the conductor in this who's also for those of you who don't know he uh him by name, he is in Big Bang Theory as
1: mm-hmm.
0: mm, what's his name? Howard. He plays Howard. I just know him by the hair because he has that very specific bowl cut hairstyle.
1: Wait, is yes okay i know you're talking that, about
0: that he had to that he grew I know out what you're talking about yeah he he had, first of
1: all he's fucking amazing in this movie i cannot yes. believe that that is a big bang theory actor right there well so no offense to that show or anyone on it because i love Haley cuoco but Johnny
0: galecki can has has some moments
1: <laughs> uh-huh um but like to see a performance like this in a movie like this from somebody who before this was primarily known for the big bang theory okay
0: uh well so uh, according to imdb he was so eager to get the part that he became a french citizen and learned french because allegedly they were looking for eu citizens or um european union actors to be in the cast however that's. It didn't need to be. It wasn't necessary because originally Marion Cotillard's role was uh, first Rooney Mara, and then Michelle Williams, and then Marion Cotillard. Oh my god! Had it.
1: Wait, 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 wait. First of all, that makes so much sense. That Rooney Mara, and then especially Michelle Williams, because she has done musicals in the past. So they wanted EU actors
0: or that's so what... he
1: became and he became a French a citizen, citizen and citizen.
0: learned French. This is what IMDb is saying everyone. I'm not saying this. I you know my resources are this and Wikipedia. There we go. Uh
1: I mean first of all wow that is I mean that dedication. Yeah. yeah. Right there. I'm fully willing to become a citizen of a foreign country to get
0: this part. Well so and you said that It made sense for Rooney and Michelle. Marion Cotillard, I don't know if you remember this, was in Nine.
1: Yes, yes. I I love her in this movie. I just meant that like, oh, it makes sense that like another actress in contention would have been Michelle Williams. I don't know if Rooney Mara has done a musical before, but this character type is certainly in her wheelhouse.
0: Yeah. Well, so Marion Cotillard doesn't sing the operas in this movie oh
1: yeah I, I kind of assumed the opera singing was dubbed but the like i guess speak singing is that what we want the, to other, the
0: other the other not the non-performative right songs the, that the, she's the part more
1: of. naturalistic i guess
0: and i do want to give credit to that singer that vocalist her name is katherine trotman who does the opera so there we go
1: beautiful voice
0: speaking of opera Would you consider this more of an operetta than a musical movie? Like an operetta movie?
1: It reminded me more of something in the vein of like Tommy where I'm kind of like, oh, it's like a rock opera.
0: Oh my God. You were right. Especially, especially (laughs) when that creepy doll shows up and becomes a superstar because she's so gifted. I I was like, like this is Tommy.
1: Yeah. There's so much Tommy in the DNA of this movie.
0: Well, also looking up on IMDb Trivia, you you were correct because the band Sparks wanted to make this a concept album, but it didn't work. And they or like they tried a different one first, uh, another concept album where they had a cast and everything and it was hard to tour. So they were like, hey, let's make it into a movie.
1: That's interesting. Well, now I kind of want to just listen to the music on its own because... Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that makes sense because it's a little bit abstract and everything. But like, I feel like the visuals play so much into it, particularly Baby Annette as a puppet.
0: I'm going to need seven hours (laughs) and a shitload of drugs. I mean,
1: I... Her. I am waiting on the actual Super Bowl halftime show that is Baby and Annette. No, no,
0: no. It's not <laughs> It's not the Super Bowl. It's the Hyper Bowl. Get it right.
1: Oh, my bad. I'm so sorry. The Hyper Which, Bowl. Okay. That event that we all know and love.
0: You're more into sports than <laughs> I am. Is the Super yes. Bowl, like, copyright?
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. That's actually oh, thing. Okay. the term Super Bowl is, in fact, copyrighted. Which is why you will never see a commercial for Super Bowl like deals at grocery stores or anything that actually use the term Super Bowl. They'll usually say like Big Game or something like that. The
0: big, yes, okay.
1: Or like like a, the the common joke to go to is Superb Owl, which like what we do in the shadows went with that and stuff with that. Um, they went
0: for they went a different direction. They were like Hyper Bowl. What, is, what is a synonym for Super?
1: Well, it it also works because it's like, well, it might not be the Super Bowl. That might be like the Rose Bowl, like one of the big college games, uh. which I don't watch those. But in terms of like halftime shows, yeah, the big get is the Super Bowl
0: halftime when show. They had in this movie when they had cheerleaders and football players singing. <laughs> I was like, first of all, I hope these are costumes and that you're not actually <laughs> cheerleading oh. football players. I hope yeah. you're doing the halftime show in a costume. But like also, part of me was like, "How funny would it be if it wasn't that, and they were actually the cheerleaders and football players?"
1: Right, right. Like they're not in the locker room preparing for the second half of the game. They're like the second no, act. We're, yes, they we're, we're we're part of the performance.
0: <laughs> um,
1: we we don't take a break.
0: <laughs> so, Baby Annette, I had a whole discussion with myself this morning after watching this movie, where mm-hmm. I was like, "To do a puppet." Makes sense.
1: Well, yes, because the major theme of this movie is that it's about child exploitation and how evil that is.
0: Well, so that's not what I was thinking of.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: I was going more financially Mm. because Mm. you didn't have to cast different children of different ages. Um, All you had to do was make what? Like 12 puppets?
1: Yeah, yeah
0: if that. Yeah, of varying or sizes. Of varying sizes and different heads, because there's still, there's also the Nightmare Clownish Puppet, that what? Uh, <laughs> uh, um, also, like, when Annette was born, I mm-hmm. blacked out the opening, the, uh, <laughs> the first song, which was, So May We Start, because it's like 45 minutes into the movie that Annette is born. And so, I realized we're watching a performance in terms of like it being a stage thing. I think that's what, Mm. that's what they're going for as well. Like we're, you're watching an opera, an actual opera that's happening. And so to go that route, it's easier to have a doll
1: right then i I justified the fuck
0: out of this movie because i was just like we're going into a weird territory i don't know what the conversation shady and i are going to have i may as well come up with a wild theory and see if she agrees
1: (laughs) no that's interesting because it i feel like it complements what i thought but it's not quite the same thing because my thing is such a major theme is that exploiting child performers is an inherently evil and selfish thing to do. So first of all, we're not going to do that. We're not going to have a child who performs more than one scene of this movie. Cause there is a child, uh, an actual child actress who eventually performs as Annette, but it's only for the one scene.
0: Which um, my God, what's her name? Hold on. I want to say Devin McDowell. Incredible. What she sings, and you know how I feel yeah. about child actors, <laughs> and, and yes. I think the podcast knows that. Like, I don't like child actors because they're always overacting, or most. Of the time. Uh,
1: yeah, I feel like we're typically on opposite ends as far as child actors. You have a very low
0: tolerance. <laughs> yes,
1: that's the yes.
0: That's the word we're going with, Shady. But like. <laughs> Oh, my God. The When she sings Sympathy for the Abyss with him, mm-hmm. I was like, this is profound. I don't know yeah. if she understands what she's saying because oh, I don't know how so, old she is.
1: Right. That's what's so interesting about it to me. And, like, what struck me is it doesn't feel like a child getting a performance. It feels like a child saying just the things the way that a child would say even though it's not the words that a child would say because a child probably doesn't know them but it's so just like yeah that's how kids that age talk that's how they speak It, it it throws her actual innocence so much into perspective like her point of view in the world she's still so young and so innocent and it really like shifts like oh god this is so like messed up like how he's been treating her and everything Um, But anyway, going back to the puppet, I just thought it was interesting that like, because a major theme is that he's being selfish by exploiting her and her gifts um, and forcing her to perform and to have an actual child in the movie play the part for the whole runtime, or at least for the whole time that Annette is in the movie, would be hypocritical right Mm. because we're saying this is not a good thing but we're doing it so to make her a puppet avoids that but on top of that to make her so obviously a puppet is so like kind of throwing it in the audience's face like we are not doing that like it it brings the artifice to life which is maybe something that a lot of people wouldn't agree with artistically but i think like it just throws so much that like, no, the message is more important than conveying that this is real.
0: So to go back to what I was saying about we're watching a show, it's just because we're bookended right. with like, just running right. in the studio and mm-hmm. then they break out into the movie and I'm like, Oh, okay. And then I forgot that. And then I remembered it when, <laughs> and that right, was yeah. but then at the very end, because I, wa- I did like watch the ending credits in just in case. Mm-hmm. And I was, because cause I also went through the list of songs. There are, what, 55 songs in this movie? And there's also, the, uh, sorry, 57 songs in this movie that I don't know where two of them are. So I was like, let's scroll <laughs> through and see if maybe, because then at the end as well, they're... They're not, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like they were their characters. It just felt like they were the cast and they're just having fun and they're making a yeah. video and everything.
1: Well, like even like Marion Cotillard's character, Anne has red hair throughout the movie, but in, in the opening numbers, she's got Marion Cotillard's natural brown hair.
0: And then I also forgot too, that in the opening, Adam Driver is also handed a wig. Ah. And I think she's yeah. handed a wig too. Also, mm. dur- over the course of the movie, which ha- is set in like three, four years, maybe mm-hmm. give or take, um, Marion Cotillard's hair does change from the short red to the dark brown, mm. black bob that she's known for. Right. So I was like, okay, passage of time, and then, like his hair changes too. And I like that he's not a singer. Uh, let's be real here; he's not a singer.
1: No, he's not, and. It's weird how many movies he's in where he does sing and he's really not a singer.
0: But like, I really appreciated it because I was like, you know what? You're challenging yourself to be in a whatever this is classified as an opera, an operetta, a musical, whatever, mm-hmm. where it's primarily, it's all sung through or mm-hmm. mostly sung through. And like... Yeah, some of your songs are like more talking than singing, but like, you know, it's a what? lot of
1: the Rex Harrison style.
0: Yeah. Um, but but you know what? Kudos. Because like, it's it, even that's difficult.
1: It is. Well, because you have to like get it in a certain rhythm, even if you're not melodically the best singer. Mm-hmm. It still takes a, a kind of talent to like get into a certain rhythm and keep it there especially the stuff he does like when he's on stage as the stand-up comedian it's like
0: uh uh-huh. like
1: he can't miss a beat and so much of it is just like a held take on him even when it cuts to the audience it's still very clearly when it cuts back to him it's still the same take from earlier
0: yeah because we're talking like what is that like 10 minutes the first yeah. This set yeah
1: there's, there's two where he's quote unquote performing as a stand up, and they're so long, especially that first one is so long, and he has to do so many bits. And on top of that, he's doing a lot of physical acting with it. It's so, I don't even know how to describe how well all of that reads as a stand up routine without being
0: a stand up routine at all. That first one, it's eight tracks of songs that he. Pl- plows through and that's it that's the thing too yes there's like 57 songs but like <laughs> there's good chunks of it that you're like yeah this could just be one title this could just be called yeah. henry McHenry's set part one or
1: yeah yeah you could call this ape of god one ape of god two because that, yes. that's the name of his show that he's performing is ape of god mm-hmm. which i still don't know what it is but Apes turn up a lot in this movie <laughs> visually and the fact oh, that his show is called ape of because like her stuffed animal that she takes with her is the monkey is, yeah or an it's ape. a chim- it's a chimpanzee, which um, is an ape and there's like all sorts of toys that show up that are either gorillas or chimpanzees. and the fact that his I don't know what it symbolizes yet, but it symbolizes something. <laughs>
0: maybe the de-evolution of man
1: there we go we're going with it
0: we're going with it another wild theory that I have (laughs) Um, I do want to say thank you for picking this movie because like you're welcome forever and always it got me really thinking and I was I saw three influences in this movie three other movies that are influences so we talked about Tommy I also saw A Star is Born
1: (sighs) yes yes which i i want to touch on later when we get a chance.
0: And then we kind of talked about it but Pinocchio with the puppet mm, and how yeah. it comes to life at the end because when the puppet turns into the actress or Yes. Whatever, however, A lost my mind because that was great and also terrifying because of the goddamn puppets in <laughs> that shot. But B is it because he's finally seeing her as a person? Yes, and of not an a object? puppet
1: that he can control. <gasps> John
0: We figured it out. (laughs) We did it. But like I think also financially it's also
1: Right, yeah. I think I think it's all of the stuff we have talked about already.
0: But let's go to a star is born.
1: That's the basically the first half of the movie is kind of a star is
0: born. Well so but the thing is the thing is though that they are at the same level at the beginning. Where like Mm. she's a breakout star, he's a big comedian. Or she's not a breakout star. I don't know if she's a breakout star, though. It seems like she's yeah. also like at the peak of her career doing this right, opera. She
1: she might be somewhat established. I think maybe we could somewhat strew from the fact that what she does in the modern day is considered pretty niche. Opera is not a popular art anymore. It is a well-respected art, but it's not exactly popular um, for various reasons, class is a huge reason cost. Whereas stand up comedy, while it's very difficult, the barrier of entry to like actually become a stand up comedian is very high. The barrier of entry to become somebody who enjoys stand up comedy is very low. It's easily accessible, very populist.ic um, So I think like even if we say that in their respective fields, they're at the same level. It's easy to say he's more famous than she is just because it's easier to be a famous stand-up comic than it would be to be a famous opera singer. I mean, like household name level.
0: I got, he was like Dane Cook.
1: Yeah. Or somebody mm-hmm. of
0: that level. And then he gets, goes to that fall.
1: Because again, taste and comedy change a lot. Uh-huh. What was popular in comedy even five years ago is not popular anymore. It's considered outdated or cringe or whatever. Whereas like in something like opera, because it's already based in a classical style, it's just kind of like, if you've got the goods, you've got the goods.
0: Especially when he does his set, when we see his second set where he loses his shit there's a handful of comedians I can think of that. I think you're supposed to be representing right here.
1: Yeah. Well, especially the people who like get quote unquote canceled and still get like Netflix deals or whatever, but like then their stand up specials are just them complaining about being canceled. Yeah. There's a lot of people that that would apply to, but or, like, I shouldn't say all of their material from then on is about that, but like a good chunk of it is
0: yeah and then like the controversy that comes up in six in the song six women have come forward which i don't know if that's true or not because it seems like it was a dream yeah
1: my interpretation is it's her dream but that it's based on like stuff that she observed because like obviously he does have anger issues and like they eventually get the better of her but like she sees that like whole press conference and whatever and then she wakes up. So I'm like I don't know if any of that happened or if that's just like something that like she knows could plausibly happen and is therefore having like stress dreams about it. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: We're spoil I know we're spoiling. I may put a spoiler alert at the top because it is <laughs> it is relatively new and not yeah. a lot of people know about it. Yeah. Um so but like huge spoiler alert here. Spoiler. Alert. Spoiler. Alert. Spoiler. Spoiler. When he kills Anne. I don't think though it was premeditative.
1: I think it would legally qualify qualify as manslaughter rather than murder. Right. Where like he set up the events for her death to happen, but it was like just out of carelessness. It wasn't out of like he actually planned her death.
0: For Star is born if we're going still with that reference, um the man dies in it. But this is, mm. I think this is supposed to be Adam Drive, like Henry's story. Yes. Yeah. And Henry yeah. is the main character.
1: So I, yeah, the way I kind of see it is like, it's like, oh, what if we do a star is born? But like a star is born has a dark ending where in all of the endings of a star is born, regardless of with, which version you're watching, the man does die. And sometimes it's outright suicide, like in the newer versions In the older versions. It's death basically by, like, reckless actions, which is not quite suicide. Uh But, like, still, like, his own, like, his spiral leads to his death, basically. But this is like, well, what if we twist it even further and instead of resulting in his own death, his spiral results in her death? Just so much more fucked up that he would be responsible for the death of the woman he loves instead of being responsible for his own death. It's more tragic.
0: But then at least
1: Starsborn already is.
0: But then at least he's haunted mm-hmm. by a right. disfigured a way, it's, version it's, of her.
1: Right. It's kind of a worse fate. For, it's a worse fate for her, obviously, because she ends up dead, but it's a worse fate for him because if he's the one who dies, he gets off easy. Yeah, If he's the one who survives, he has to live with his guilt for the rest of his life.
0: This movie's so good. <laughs> it's really good. It's so good.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, no, this was like a good reminder Rewatching this today. I was like, yeah, I gotta... Because I saw Holy Motors, but I saw that like, I don't know, like 10 years ago or something, whenever that came out. And that's the only other one of his movies I saw. So like, I gotta dig into... Leos Caraxes,
0: And that is how Leos Karax and Sparks met doing Holy really? Motors. Because he, uh, Leos, used one of their songs in Holy Motors. Mm.
1: Okay, I'm also going to like out myself as like a Philistine. I know, I know and, Sparks.
0: And according to IMDb, they met at con for Holy Motors. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit con, but,
1: everyone.
0: But, <laughs> con film festival is where it's at
1: um, I'm gonna out myself as like a total like indie music philistine right now I know of Sparks I know who the Sparks brothers are I'm not super familiar with their work like they're like one of those bands that like I hear people talk about a lot and I just never took the time to be like oh I should delve into that catalog
0: how do you feel about them being in the movie
1: I think it's cool dope Whatever, man.
0: I think I've seen photos of them before cuz I was yeah. just like, "Oh, these I are did. writers." Yeah,
1: I haven't seen the documentary yet. I keep meaning to see the documentary about them.
0: And apparently dire-
1: directed by Edgar Wright, by the way. John Oh shit.
0: Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I I was also reading that he- the character Henry was written for Russell uh, Meal, um and, mm. and so they offered to alter it for Adam Driver, but Adam Driver, um, according to IMDB's trivia page again, uh felt that the straining on the notes added vulnerability to the character. Again, to go back to him singing and everything, where it's like, okay, that I can now that you say that, I understand mm. it more. Because mm. like there are moments where you're just like, ooh, I I, I see you, and I think, I think they recorded live. I'm not, I didn't see anything about that, but
1: yeah, I would assume at least for some of the scenes, they really seem, and
0: I'm not an expert.
1: Do not quote me on this. Yes. Do not take my word for it. But there were like certain scenes where I was like, they had to have recorded this live. Right. You
0: can, you can tell. Yeah. That at at least it was recorded on set. Not maybe not necessarily that take, but like,
1: Right, like maybe that's not the track we're listening to, but like they they were singing when they were on set.
0: Yeah, because I mean, obviously Marion Cotillard is lip syncing when she's opera when she's the opera right. s- singer. Which,
1: which by the way, I'm totally fine with that because like she's su- like the character is meant to be a great singer, so you should have a great singer do it.
0: Yes, and Marion Cotillard is more, uh, she has more of a deeper tone to her voice
1: Mm mm-hmm right she's supposed to be a soprano right
0: yeah she's color torah in the in this but like when when uh and the character is you know where what's a good song that oh where's the one where she smokes and i lost my mind girl from the middle (laughs) of nowhere (laughs) i I literally in caps wrote an opera singer who smokes uh, in like five exclamation marks afterwards i lost my goddamn mind that scene (gasps) Well, but John, like,
1: remember it is a French movie. Yeah, but
0: still a singer, <laughs> a singer, an opera singer. Although, it, although it's a dying art form and and everything, there's still but, like respect for the for the craft and for the <laughs> the the, t- the tools of of. But John, yeah,
1: they're they're French.
0: They're French. Yeah, he smokes too <laughs> later, and I'm like, huh? Is stress smoking still a thing?
1: <laughs> not not in America, but in France.
0: Because he's, um when when is it that he's, he, it's like the repetition of him going, oh, every night the same dream. Duh. In that song, though, do you think his pleas for forgiveness are honest? I was a little unsure.
1: I don't know. Because I feel like my read, my read on his character in a lot of scenes in the second half of the movie, change each, like, it, I've seen it, like, I guess three times now. And I feel like my read on him in the second half changes each time. My read on him in the first half is always the same. Which is? Uh, Just that he's like narcissistic, doesn't really think beyond himself because he doesn't have to. It's not until Annette is born that like, it's either he's confronted. Because like half the time I'm like, oh, he's confronted with the chance to think of someone else. And he doesn't. Or I'm like, oh no, he's very, he's genuinely very conflicted. Like the first time I watched it, I felt very sympathetic towards his character in the second half. The second time I watched it, I was like, nah, this guy's like all about himself and he always will be. Mm. And this this recent time that I watched it, I was kind of more on that first time again where I'm like, I mean, he's making bad choices. But I also understand where those choices are coming from. And I, I think he is like genuinely feeling very guilty and he's doing everything he can to stamp it down. But I don't think like the Marion Cotillard ghost would exist if he didn't actually feel guilt.
0: I mean, maybe he's just, a. it's just another proof that people are messy.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, when he murdered the conductor, like that was, that wasn't premeditated, but it was in the tech. And also by it was way, it was
1: a crime of passion, but it yes. was like he meant to murder that guy in that moment.
0: Well, because things were slipping and he was and mm. the conductor was poking holes in things and so like mm-hmm. it was it was definitely a crime of passion done in an operatic way. <laughs> the drowning. <laughs> I was like, my guy, <laughs> what is happening with this?
1: first of all i just want to make a note to the audience i have missed hearing john's laughter (laughs) in my ears in a conversation i have with him so much i do i listen to the podcast and everything i'm i'm listening to the crazy ex-girlfriend uh like that full like (laughs) saga right now yeah but like It's been so long since I actually got to talk to you that like hearing you laugh. I'm like, oh my God, I miss this.
0: I mean, uh, I'm surprised that we're laughing at this movie, too, because like the it's I mean,
1: it's a a tragedy. It's absurdist, but it's a tragedy.
0: The set pieces as well is just so great with this, like the house. And I mean, the the boat is a little hokey. That was the only one that I was like, "You're clearly performing in front of a screen, and you're not yeah. really on a boat, and blah blah blah, like you're- I'm
1: okay, that's the one where it comes most into focus, just the artifice of it all um but but there is such a storybook feel to a lot of it that I'm also well, like, this is kind like a lot of the stuff on the boat is like going back to Pinocchio, like you said, where I'm like, oh, when I was a kid, this is how I pictured." part of Pino- the part of Pinocchio where like Geppetto gets swallowed by the whale. Unless like, I kind of pictured it like this in my head.
0: Unless to go back to my original theory that this is a show, then it makes sense. Right. It, yeah. The only thing though, that I question is during, where is it? During Aria, the forest. Mm. So like her performance in uh, when the she goes performance into the forest. Within the
1: performance. Okay. Yes.
0: I was a little confused when she went into the forest and it was like 360 a forest. And I was like, is this mm. like, are we going into Anne's character's mind for a second, thinking like this is the forest I'm in and now I'm singing my beautiful aria? Or is it like, I don't is it some artistic license that they that Leo's took that where I'm re- again reading too much into it?
1: My instinct would be to go with your first guess there, which is that it's sort of like in her character's mind, because her character is playing a character that is in a forest that's obviously fake because it's in an opera. Mm. But like, does she have to place herself in a real forest? Mm. But if I wanted to like, you know, inflate my head here. And, like, go out with it, I would say that it's more of a blurring uh, between the real and the artifice. Where, like, the things that even in-universe are supposed to be artificial become realistic-looking. It Mm -hmm. blurs the lines a lot more for us, the audience, to the movie. If the, the things that are supposed to be fake in the movie still seem real. It, like, helps blur those lines. So, is that supposed to be the point? And of course, there's always, you know, Occam's Razor. Leos Karaks just thought the forest looked cool, so he filmed it in a forest. Totally valid interpretation. I would reject it because I prefer something more interpretive, but it could just be that. Same with, I don't know if you noticed, a lot of green in the movie, but also a lot of yellow highlights in the movie. Don't know what it represents. Trying to figure it out there's a lot of green in the movie and there's a lot huh. of yellow as a highlight. Uh, but green is like the predominant color. Yeah. Cause it's and- in his
0: backup, the backup singers and his set. Mm-hmm. Are they there? <laughs> Are they I real? Don't- <laughs> I think know they're real.
1: How literal. I don't know how literal we're supposed to take that.
0: Well, cause like when he loses his shit in the second time, he starts playing the music and you see them run on stage so and I'm yeah. like are they there are they, are yeah. they for us because like Again, I mean
1: I don't know if that's part of the act in universe or if that's just there for our benefit as
0: an audience to the audience see mm-hmm. I think what I'm getting from this discussion that we're having mm-hmm. is that maybe I am right in that this is supposed to be a stage performance and that you're getting you have to interpret it however you want to interpret it because like yeah. they'll they'll give you the facts but then they do these little detail things that we're having this conversation about and we're both confused but we both read something differently <laughs> into it right which is interest, which is great because i'm pretty sure if we had a third person here they'd be like I read it this other way that none of you thought yeah. about.
1: Which which is always a good sign of art is if people can interpret it different ways and be able to discuss it that way.
0: Cause like I can understand why this one went to con. I can yeah. understand I also can understand why calling it an art house film makes sense because it is an art house film. Oh, so you were talking about colors. There were so many apples in this movie. Which yeah, which I wanted to talk about because I think ever a anytime- little, have you seen oh, a little film called Never Too Young to Die starring John Stamos, Gene Simmons, and Vanity?
1: No, but I've heard of it. So I've in the, never seen it.
0: So in that movie, also, this is me trolling. How did this get made, everyone? So take a drink or whatever. Um, <laughs> they. In Never Too Young to Die, there is a flirtatious (laughs) scene that leads to a sex scene where uh, instead of, like, jumping in a cold shower, John Stamos just, like, devours apples. So I wasn't sure because, really, Anne is the one that's eating the apples. So I was like, I mean, obviously, they're doing Adam and Eve, but, like, are they really doing it? Because she's not tempting him to do anything. If anything, he's... Attentive to her because all the sex scenes are about pleasing her. if you
1: mm. he does eat her out, which I
0: appreciate a even lot. He's,
1: he's even between he's... her legs a lot. He is, which he's a horrible husband. But I'm also like, but a guy who goes down on you that much might be worth no, not worth it, not worth it. But like a lot of otherwise good men would not go down on you. So
0: I have to say though those sex scenes were done very respectfully.
1: Oh, yeah. They didn't feel exploitative. They didn't feel like they just felt like genuinely like this is we're getting into the mindset of these characters and their relationship. Even though we're seeing their naked bodies, it doesn't feel horrid.
0: What is weird, though, is that the first sex scene, she makes a point to cover her nipples. And then the second one, you do see them. So I'm like... Did you only want to show them in one scene?
1: You know, I didn't even think about that.
0: It's a little it's a little interesting. As, yeah, because
1: she's also like she's gone topless before.
0: Right. But I mean, in terms of the movie, I'm like, oh, you're I mean, if they made it a point to not show nipples throughout the whole thing, that would right. be very interesting and very much like a little a little bit on like, you know, censorship as well. Mm-hmm. The second sex scene is when she's heavily pregnant. And so unless she's just like, fuck it, I'm not I'm not covering them.
1: Right. She's she's like more comfortable at that point. Yeah.
0: So it was just very interesting, but like also mm. very artistic.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't feel pornographic, it doesn't feel exploitative. No. It's just like
0: No, they focus well, the exploitation we, we... on the child.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> on child exploitation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is like cause like Uh, you're not super on Twitter, but, like, I'm super on Twitter, and, like, a thing that pops up on film Twitter over and over and over again is people complaining about sex scenes and then other people complaining about a lack of sex scenes. So it's a a conversation that comes up a lot, but, like, it is, like, there are people who argue that sex scenes are never necessary unless it's pornography, and I would Mm -hmm. disagree with that because it can... It informs a lot about character. It informs a lot about their relationships with each other. And like even a cutaway from an implied sex scene does not do the same work that like an actual sex scene would do. I think it's really important that we actually see them have sex in this movie, even though it's like done in a way that doesn't feel pornographic, doesn't feel exploitative, doesn't feel like we're centering on the nipples, the penis, whatever. Because like it, we're centering on like the actual character's pleasure.
0: Because in this, in in this movie, it shows you that although Henry McHenry, yes, that's the character's name.
1: Has <laughs> oh my god, we didn't even bring that up. What a brilliant name,
0: <laughs> Henry McHenry. Though <laughs> has anger issues. I think he really loves her because he's focusing yes. on her pleasures first. Which
1: is part of the tragedy is that he can't actually be a good lover, even though this is the person that he loves. He does truly love her and he wants to be a good husband to her. He's just like incapable of it.
0: Okay, so maybe I get, I think that his pleas for uh, forgiveness is honest. If, as we're now reading into it, we're changing our minds. We're changing our minds on the <laughs> fly here. Uh, people are messy. Ha, ha! That's the theme of the episode. <laughs> it feels like if he does, if he did really love her, and he still does love her, him wanting forgiveness to her ghosts because he sees two different versions of her, um, mm-hmm.
1: which is very important.
0: I feel like they are honest to a degree. Although it's weird because Adam, the way that he delivers it, though, makes me question it. Oh, fuck, man.
1: Yeah, it, it's a complicated thing because it's his guilt rubbing up against his ego.
0: But then also he imagines her spooning with him in that mm-hmm. one song. Like, you see, uh-huh. it's very, like, it's very weirdly done because, you know, when they... Um, CGI her body or like over edit her body into his it, it, literally into his it's not next yeah. to him it's into him and you're like okay that's weird but <laughs> I digress
1: it is hard because he is like as a character and that's where his especially with her because part of his anger with her is the fact that her star is rising while his is falling and it's partially out of jealousy that
0: he's so angry at her or hers is staying the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure true. if it's that's rising. Like hers, right, but her star is on top. Her star is still shining brightly and his is fading. And that's what sparks his anger in her. And then the thing with the accompanist, who by the way, does not get a name, that's how he's credited, is the accompanist. Oh, I thought he was credited um, as
0: the conductor. Oh.
1: He he's the condu- he's the accompanist and then he's the conductor. I saw I'm sorry, my IMDb bad.
0: He's the accompanist, but I think I saw on, uh, it, it's on Prime, it, it probably switches when he becomes the conductor.
1: Yeah, because he starts off uh, in one profession and then switches to another, but he never gets a name. But when he implies that Annette could possibly be his child, that's what makes Henry snap and murder him. So like his anger really stems from his ego issues. So is the guilt just something that's rubbing up against that? And the quote unquote, nice ghost that he sees of Anne sort of just his ego, creating a a different version of her that that didn't actually exist, but like helped, helped to make him look better
0: or the idyllic version.
1: Yeah. Helped to make him look and feel better versus the guilt is closer to an actual human who would not exist just to make him be better. She exists as her own person.
0: What's what's weird though, and I know we're talking forever on this, but this movie's two hours and fifteen minutes long, everyone. There's so much in it. Um is that it's
1: very dense to it. Very, very dense, dense two yes. hours.
0: The accompanist. it's I'm an accompanyist, where that is song number 14. Track number 14 if you're counting all of them. <laughs> it's track number 14 and then he doesn't so come funny. back for like an hour it feels like.
1: Yeah. If and, this were on stage, he would have one song in the first act and then not show up until the second act.
0: Yeah. He is the wizard from Wicked. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he shows up, he goes away and then he comes back and you're like, oh now you've got an upgrade oh no like what's fascinating though is that when you first see him those seeds of doubt and anger that henry has for him is kind of planted uh because the company is on one side of the stage which weird we won't get into that uh (laughs) in the wings but then Henry is on the other side uh, the other side of the stage and the other wings which also weird we won't get into that but like you, <laughs> you do kind of see him look at him it, it's very slight but then mm-hmm. obviously when he comes back and everything and like they just uh, Henry's like let's work together and exploiting my daughter's gifts haha where she can fly what <laughs>
1: yeah she's <laughs> very talented John but also like Let's work together, but really you're going to do all the work and I'm going to reap all the benefits. Mhm. Yeah. You're going to be the father and yes. I'm going to go out and party with girls all night.
0: Yes, cuz he usually and he specifically says something like, uh I have to blow off some steam. Can you watch her? And you're like, why him? Why the yeah, why that's, the conductor that's, company? Why not? That's that's your child, bro. Be a father. Like we see him Wait, am I thinking of the right thing? Is there a babysitter at one point in this movie? Or am I thinking of another movie or something that I've seen?
1: I think you're thinking of another
0: movie. Okay. I could have sworn there was no some... no no,
1: there is a nanny in this movie. There's a nanny okay, thank in me you. a little bit earlier on. Yes.
0: Yeah. So like, where's she? Great point.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is a nanny at one point, but he like keeps leaving Annette, baby Annette, with uh people. The conductor. Yeah. And going off to quote unquote blow off some steam with like random chicks at the clubs he goes to all over the world, and then he's he 's mad at the suggestion that he might not be the real father bro you 're not acting like the father at all he 's sympathetic. I do feel for him in a lot of ways, uh, which is part of what makes this, it makes him a great character is that he 's very sympathetic while also being objectively a bad person,
0: yeah, again, people are <laughs> messy.
1: People are messy.
0: I have one more question before we get into Strap and Flat. Hit me. So Henry McHenry has a port wine stain, otherwise known as mm. a birthmark, on his cheek. Yes. Does it change throughout the movie?
1: It gets darker and larger throughout
0: the movie. Because at one point it looked like the coach symbol. <laughs> the two C's, you know, back to back.
1: Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And yeah, then... No, I, I think... Mm-hmm it definitely gets bigger and like darker and it, it changes shape as it gets bigger. Okay.
0: I thought so, but I was like, I, 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 am I misremembering 20 minutes ago? Because this movie is so long and so dense or <laughs> cause like, I feel like she has Annette has a cut on her hair head after the, um, after Anne dies. And I think it's mm-hmm. from the storm. Yeah. And then there's a scar there i'm yeah. not i i don't remember if that's like a thing or if that was because of that but we're going with it but his i was like it's definite. like especially when he goes to prison at the end and you see it it's because like, now he yeah. has shorter hair i'm like oh it's darker and it looks like it's going up more
1: it's like it's something like taking him over
0: Mm.
1: And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that's taking him over
0: because Or if it's like the guilt manifesting on him.
1: Right. Because yeah.
0: like she uh Anne's haunting ghost, if you will call her that. She has yeah. like barnacles or something coming out of her shoulders, you know, a la Lady Kaga born this way. <laughs>
1: Yes, exactly. I'm
0: sorry. That's where my mind went. I was like, Lady Gaga?
1: It's fine because Baby Annette's uh, Hyper Bowl performance was very, the way she came in was very Lady Gaga's Super when Bowl performance. Flew when she in
0: of the when, fucking drones. But like, yeah. she also can fly, yes? Yes. yes. She can?
1: Yes. But mm, only when moonlight is shining on her? Question mark.
0: I don't know, man. That one... <laughs> That I lost my fucking mind when, um, uh, during <laughs> Baby Aria, the first performance, it just was like, she can fly?
1: I'm gonna be honest, I did not look up like the names of, I did not realize there were so many separate tracks.
0: Yeah. When I first read them and wrote them and all that, I was like, Baby Aria. So maybe it's a small aria, like a short aria or something. No, it's mm-hmm. literally the baby's aria. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, yes. oh, that's actually pretty smart now that I think about it. Because you hear baby aria. You don't think an aria performed oh, by a baby. a baby
1: of an aria. I thought it, aria sung by a baby. I, I get what you mean.
0: Yeah, I thought at first I was like, oh, it's just, you know, a short maybe like a minute, maybe like a minute and a half max. Just a little aria. No. In the, and then you watch the movie and you're like, oh no. A baby is performing the aria <clears throat> who's supposed to be two at the end I don't know how old she's uh-huh. although that actress is probably five or six that plays oh them. yeah
1: yeah yeah well she's got to be able to pronounce those words Yeah. which even if she doesn't understand them she has to pronounce them oh boy
0: all right Shady let's get into sharp and flat shall we
1: oh my gosh let's do it Sh-
0: Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, I thought it could change. It's flat. And you know what? Because we are all over the place. I want to end on a high note. More puns. Um. So let's, <laughs> let's start with flats, shall we? We shall. Can I go first? Because I go really only it. have two flats for this whole movie. The first of them are the dolls that were the babies. Terrifying. I think I'm going to have nightmares about that. <laughs> Like, not the representation of what they mean in the story. I mean the actual dolls Mm. (laughs) are terrifying.
1: Uh, Um, I'm excited to get to sharps in this case. (laughs) uh,
0: I surprisingly don't have that many sharps either. But um, my other flat, and this will always be a flat for me, um, is that the one curvy backup singer is the only one in a robe.
1: Like Mm. They all have Mm -hmm.
0: uniform looks. And it's like, Mm -hmm. get them all robes. Or I mean well, i get it, I get it about comfort levels and uh you know people don't want to show certain parts of their body, but if that's the case, then make them uniform because they're supposed to be uniformed backup singers. I'm sorry,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm sorry to yeah. let the, my costume brain explode right now, but like i oh I hated it on glee, I hate it anywhere else because it's it's just showcasing that it's, a, it's a
1: difference
0: yeah yeah yes and like she looked fabulous first of all i she did gorgeous she, woman gorgeous voice she rocked that robe and i was like okay if they're all wearing 90s for whatever fucking reason i that i didn't understand either like why is he <laughs> in a robe on stage and boxers and they're all in 90s did not get that but if that's the case, then give them all robes, or like make them wear different things. Because backup singers also wear different things. Mm-hmm. Like it's I I feel like it's either uniform or completely out out there. Everyone has a different personality. I don't. There's no gray. Mm-hmm. So movie, go fuck yourself with that one.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna piggyback off that one. Because another thing that bothered me about that is, so there's four backup singers, two of them wore the exact same ninety, same length. One of them wore the same ninety, but a longer length. And then, like you said, there was another one who wore. Okay,
0: I did a robe. think one of them was like a little different. Yeah, the
1: the blonde one. Th- there's uh, so there's three brunettes and a blonde. Uh, well, uh, three two brunettes, a blonde,
0: and a person of color. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So the blonde is wearing a slightly longer nighty than the other two, and then there's the plus size. I don't even want to say plus size because she doesn't even look plus size to me. But I guess in the context of a movie, she's plus sized.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Out of the four looks, of them, she is yeah. the plus sized one. Yeah, she
1: looks like she's probably the same size as me, medium or large in most brands. But whatever, not a small. So I guess that's plus size. And then there was the one blonde who was wearing a slightly longer nighty. And it bothered me that two of them were different from the others. And then two of them were the same. It was kind of like, I would even accept that only one of them was wearing a robe. I'd still be upset that it was the plus size woman wearing a robe and not the rest of them. But if all four of them were wearing a different length or a slightly different styled 90, it bothered me. Like th- there was just something asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. in a not pleasing way that two of them were the same and the other two were different.
0: I don't know if I would be as bothered if it was like follow me with this analogy. Mhm. You know how there's some bridal party, wedding parties where the bridesmaids are like here's the color. Figure it out.
1: Right. Right. Pick a a a a coordinating style but not the same style
0: so like if they were all wearing 90s but they were different mm-hmm. I might not be as I, I i probably won't be as angry as I am right now or uh, upset I should say yeah, because like it's a little bit on the fat phobic side it's a the, which it is
1: and like you said it might be that her comfort level was she wanted to wear the robe yes. but like you said make them all wear the robe or make, make them-, them all wear a robe or like style it all. A little- Maybe one of them could wear a robe, but it's like, you know, one of those short ones.
0: Yeah. Or, or like even a, um, a, bol- like a bolero jacket robe or whatever. Make something cool right. or something or make one only wear a robe.
1: Oh, Right. Sexy. Yes. Yeah. With, like tied.
0: Tied. Oh Yeah. Of course, because th- like, we're, we're, we're not we're not ex- we're not exploiting women in this movie, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, like the asymmetry of like that set, it was just like, oh, that's not really pleasing to my eye.
0: Yeah, uh, like do you have any e- other- even
1: even, and then my other flat. Mm. This is really more of a nitpick because it's not that big of a deal, but I do think. If I were to nitpick this movie and the soundtrack, I think the soundtrack goes a little too much into repeating lines.
0: Interesting. Like, there's the there's the one song... There's
1: a lot of songs that use a lot of repetition, which I, I don't mind it for most of them, but there's just, like... Like, at a certain point, I'm like, okay, I'm tired of hearing the same five words
0: over and over again. Well, so, I did write down on the song it's We Love extreme... Each Other So Much, where... I did notice that that, they're repeating that line, we love each other so much, but I feel like...
1: See, that that doesn't bother me because that to me is like, especially in context of the whole story, it's like they're trying to convince themselves. Yes,
0: Yes, that they love each other. Yes. Yeah. Like that, oh, okay. So it's not that one. It's...
1: Yeah, I don't even have a specific example of one that they could cut down on. It's just like, okay, the repeating thing is coming up again. Okay, we're repeating the lines in this song too. Okay, we're repeating the lines in this song too. It's again super nitpicky. Yeah. I'm not a songwriter; I could not do a better job. So,
0: it's like find a different way to say it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's like let's just have one song where we like. Or okay, if you're gonna
0: good. if you're gonna do it, obviously make it a point where it's like it's in the first hour and then again in the second hour.
1: Right. Again, I could if you like pointed out each and every single song individually that 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 does the repetition i'd probably be like oh no you don't have to change that one (laughs) But
0: like
1: collectively all together i'm like is there one we could change (laughs) does that make sense
0: yes yes
1: okay all right
0: (laughs) let's get into sharps shall Mm. we so so first of all i'm sharping at marion cotillard and adam driver yes they did a great job I, I want to give a special nod to Simon Helberg, but like, he wasn't he's just, really he's not in it.
1: He's not in it as much, yeah. Yeah, yes. He's, it's a two-hander, and he is the third hand.
0: Um, I also, so speaking of him and his character, I want to sharp the accompany us no he's the conductor at this point i want to sharp the conductor for apologizing uh for stalling in his soliloquy to do his job so in the song i'm the conductor or the conductor um he he's going through a soliloquy and he's like uh i'm sorry and then he has to conduct them and i was like that is so funny and so smart like like it's it's clearly telling the audience this is in his head this song mm-hmm. like he's not yeah. saying a word no um, no
1: in in the, the the universe of the story he's just doing his job right now
0: yeah i also <laughs> <laughs> i also so i wanna sharp this one line um i'm falling i'm feeling it just a little bit tipsy <laughs> because right afterwards the motorcycle tips over so I'm sharpening that. I'm sharpening that whole thing.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I'm feeling a little bit tipsy. I'm feeling a little bit tipsy. And then the motorcycle tips over. Sharp. Yeah. I also want to sharp. Anne and Henry have a conversation early in the movie where they talk about what happened at work. And he mm. says, "I killed. I killed tonight. And she says, I made everyone live or something like that. And I was like, that's a very interesting way because that's a that like those are common phrases that people say you know like oh I bl-.
1: especially yeah especially in terms of like comedy when you make people laugh oh I killed them
0: yeah and like obviously it's playing off that he's going to kill her but like right it's it also a-
1: playing off and this is something that comes up all the time is that in her performances she dies at the end and then everyone claps
0: yes yes so it's very it's very fat it was very fascinating conversation and i want to give it all the sharps and then my last sharp are you ready for this one yes it's to devin mcdowell i wanted to give her her own sharp because she's not she's only in the one scene really i feel like it's her voice the rest of the time
1: maybe maybe it sounds like it sounds like it could be
0: yeah, I'm not seeing anybody else um, credited as Annette, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with her because, hmm. like we said, she has some difficult things that, like even adults, I don't think will be able to um, portray or say um mm-hmm. so and she does it so well especially at the end when he's like can i still love you and she goes no what mm-hmm. what that was amazing
1: it was so good yeah i'll piggyback off of that sharp again Devin. amazing job um and leos karak's a uh, great job to you because it is difficult to direct a child which is, a lot of directors will not work with children with child actors for that very reason. It's very difficult to work with them. It's difficult to get the reading you want out of them. And I think, you know, she did the work, she gets the credit, but like he gets credit for allowing her to do that work.
0: Can I tell you, so I just clicked onto her IMDb page. Yes. And her little summary starting mm-hmm. off at just four years old in front of 3,400 people per night for the hit Broadway musical Waitress, First National (gasps) Equity Tour. This girl. Four
1: years old?
0: This girl.
1: The touring cast?
0: The touring cast. Wow.
1: Good for her. I I mean, mean, Annette I I hope she has a great, fulfilling childhood, but, like, wow.
0: Annette is the third credit that she has on IMDb right now. Out wow six. Get wow. It.
1: I I I hope she has a good, healthy childhood so we can see her work as an adult, have a great mm-hmm. healthy career. Mm-hmm. Incredible.
0: Anyway, good for her. continue with your sharps. Sorry, I <sighs> this movie okay. is just, this episode is so long, everyone.
1: It's okay. The movie's kind of long too.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so sharp to Devin, sharp to Leos for working with Devin i am going to sharp one of your flats actually i love the annette puppets i think they are just on the right side of the uncanny valley where like if they looked more realistic i'd be creeped out by them but they're just enough on the side of like these are puppets where i'm like they're adorable i want one as my child (laughs) Because I, I can understand them as fake. If they were more realistic looking, I'd be like, no, it's evil. Burn it alive.
0: I mean, I don't think I want them to be realistic looking. I just think that the way that they look is terrifying.
1: Legit. Yeah. Listen, I get it. I think it is completely uh, down to personal taste. I think they're like, I think they're creepy cute. Does that make sense? Okay, yes. Like, they're creepy, but they're cute at the same time. And I'm kind of a normal person where i think creepy things are adorable and i want to own them i love the Annette puppets in the same way that i love the megan doll and the chucky
0: dolls okay yes understandable like
1: i i want to be friends with them so that they don't kill me
0: <laughs> oh i see your point yes okay, okay. Or, or send you to jail i mean rightfully exactly. so but still
1: Listen, Baby Annette is never going to tell the Hyper Bowl audience that Mommy Shady kills people.
0: Because Mommy Shady so, does not kill people, for the record. For Office. the
1: record. Uh-huh. This, this is on the record. You have to accept it in court. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to sharp that. And I'm just going to sharp overall the visuals. Again, I don't know if there is symbolism behind the color green, I just noticed a lot of green in this movie. Like you pointed out, it it could could be life, it could be vitality, it could be greed, it could be both of those things. Envy. And again, it could be all these things. It could be something totally different that we don't even think of. It could be Leos Karak's really likes the color green.
0: I also want to know what the fuck is up with the apples. And like the amount that's eaten out of that yeah
1: right but but the the green i'm going to say is probably symbolic of something just because it's very deliberate the apples i'm going to say are symbolic of something just because they seem very deliberate when something is that deliberate repeatedly Mm -hmm. in a piece of art i would assume it's intentional um same thing with the chimp you know the chimp shows up a lot and there's the ape of god like we talked about before um so again There's a lot of stuff that I think is symbolic in this movie that I don't know what it's necessarily symbolic of, but I like that it's giving me that to think about. I really like a movie that's like, and I know some people think this is pretentious and it probably is pretentious, but I have fun with the type of stuff where it's like, I'm going to drop this in front of you and you can figure it out now.
0: And that's what I think this movie is.
1: I think, yeah, I find it very engaging. I find it entertaining in a different way than stuff like Miami Connection, which is also very entertaining, but I don't think anything in that movie is intentional.
0: No. <laughs> oh, I'm excited <laughs> to read your text on Never Tried To Die, <laughs> by the way.
1: I'm excited to watch it. Um, yeah, so I'm going to. But also just the overall sort of storybook look of this movie, um, just the saturation of the colors. A lot of the music was very modern sounding, but a lot of it also hearkened back to like classical music, mm-hmm. m- like musicals to me, like golden age of musicals. And a lot of the visuals in the movie were very modern, but also hearkened back to golden age of Hollywood type visuals. Like yes. the, the, zoom, the slow zoom-ins on each character Uh, when they spot each other right before um, we are in love song. Yeah. When, Um, when he
0: gets off the motorcycle, you mean?
1: Yeah. There was something that like, to me that just like it, part of it is because she's got that like adorable short hair. She looks like Audrey Hepburn in that moment, but it was like that those look like two shots straight out of a romance from the 1950s. I love that.
0: And like, there's also something to appreciate about the boat scene. Or even mm-hmm. though we kind of shat on it, but like I mean, the, so there's something about a painted drop that makes you think, yes. like, oh, this is that this is homage oh, to classic Hollywood, or oh, this is supposed to be a stage show that, like, right. you know, we're paying homage yeah, to that element,
1: right? And, and it's also just like to some degree, it's like, well, the other way to do this because they probably don't have the budget to shoot it in a tank. Like, it's James Cameron's Titanic. So the other way to do it is CGI, which would probably look equally as fake, but costs a lot more money.
0: So let's do a painted drop and just, yeah. like, get, a, get Le- a rain machine. Let's,
1: let's lean into it.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So because there are so many songs, track mm-hmm. listings, I'm just going to alter this last question and say, would you listen to this album? Outside of the movie. Hearing
1: you, because you said that it was originally envisioned as a concept album. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this makes any sense. If this were a concept album, I don't think I'd listen to it. I think I would stop about halfway through. Because it was a movie, I think I would listen to the full album and think about the movie the whole time and enjoy it because I'm thinking about Marion Cotillard's beautiful face and Adam Driver's not classically handsome but like still handsome face
0: well so if you do listen to the listen to the album i'm going to recommend you listen to the annette unlimited edition original motion picture soundtrack because that has all of the track listings
1: okay versus the con edition
0: versus the yes because the con edition only has 15 of them and it's oh. 40 and it's 40 minutes long uh the ultimate edition is two discs and it it feels like it is the whole movie plus more plus some demos oh. of cut okay. songs it looks like ooh, fascinating <laughs> um, i think I, I think i'm with you because like listening to the who's tommy original album Mm-hmm. It's very different because it's the band. However, right. Sparks, the other narrative musical, as it's called on IMDb, is called The Seduction of Ingmar Bergman. And I'm like, Ooh. I kind of am intrigued because that has a cast. And so mm. this has a cast. And so yeah. I th- I think I would listen. I think I would, but I don't know if I would, like, I think I have to be in the right mood. Like how I do yeah. How I kind of viewed Annette as a movie. I need to be in the right for it. And even though I had to watch it today because we were recording, I was like, okay, now that I watched it, I think I can watch it anytime. I think, though, with just the music, I need
1: yeah, to- Yeah, I think, I think it's so dense that the first time you need to sit down and watch it.
0: Yes. I did pause it once to use the bathroom, but I was like, fuck, it's only halfway through the movie. <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm only um, an hour and a half into this fucking movie. Yeah.
1: And I do want to go on the record as someone... I I do listen to The Who's Tommy and Quadrophenia, like the original concept albums, all the time on their own. But I'm also just a very big fan of The Who. I'm not familiar with Sparks. uh, Outside of like, I know they're like influential and everything. I know people who are like obsessed with them. But like, I don't know their music well enough to be like, yes, I'm ready to get invested for an entire concept album right now.
0: I think all in all, we're saying... We would listen to this. Yes. In the right headspace.
1: <laughs> and, and I think like, even like on my commute to work, I would easily put it on and like skip through half the tracks. Ah,
0: yeah, yeah. Depending on the day, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I think like some of them are probably not, uh, I don't even want to say easy listening, but just like not like, yeah, I guess that's the right term. Easy listening on most days. Like I would say some of the tracks are not like that. Most of them are though. It, it is very like, it's nice sounding music.
0: hmm Yeah. And on that note, Shady, we're done with the episode. We oh did, my god. We did a net. It only took sturdy. what
1: four hours?
0: Yeah. Uh what <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you have to plug or promote?
1: Ooh, um, well, there's always movie deja vu pod, that that podcast that I'm gonna get back to editing episodes for soon.
0: We will be back we're still on the hiatus life happened everyone it happens
1: life happens i will say specifically shady's life happened and she got tired
0: and that's okay because and that's okay shady
1: needed like a year off but she's very eager to get back and by she i mean me
0: (laughs) hey i'm i'm eager to get back too let's compare some great together we have a whole list somewhere (laughs)
1: i keep thinking of like more things to add to the list and then i'm like
0: we haven't recorded a new episode in like nine months <laughs> and that's okay
1: and that's okay
0: that's okay uh and wh- what about your twitter
1: oh my twitter you can find me at cookie O shady if twitter is still alive by the time this episode comes out <laughs> it's it's touch and go. It's always touch and go since uh that guy took over.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It should have been, it should have been Tom from MySpace. I love those memes. It,
1: yes. Tom should run every social media site because let's face it, the early days of MySpace, that was the best, the best. time to be
0: on social media. The be- that was social media. Yeah. That, that was
1: it. And he let you like he let you Customize your homepage. I mean, we all get on it, get on that Zuckerberg.
0: (laughs) Um, and if I don't know, uh, if you have a theory about this movie, Annette, uh, let me know. I would love to read it and maybe post it somewhere. Uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Shady and I asked a lot of questions, we answered, we tried to answer them, uh, with you know no real knowledge behind it but if you have the knowledge behind a lot of this what does the color green mean in this movie what What? what's with the apples is my theory about the doll correct um or is shady's theory about the doll correct uh let us know we i would love to have this conversation and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation well we're giving lame is a second chance shady as always Yes, pleasure. I'm, I'm, you're, you're opening my mind to <laughs> new movies. <laughs> yeah, your selection um, process has been great so far.
1: Thank you. I'm trying to like, what's a good one to follow up with?
0: Oh, you have, you have
1: to. I'm, am I am I slated for any more after this? I don't think so. I don't. Think I gotta so. think you... of a good one.
0: Yes, you do. Uh, but until then. <laughs> Bye for now, everyone. Au revoir. Oh, I see what you did there. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.